0: Welcome to IVCC's podcast. My name is Crystal Crady, Special Populations Transition Specialist. Today, my guest is Mike Phillips, geology professor here at IVCC. Thank you for being on the show today, Mike.
1: Well, thanks for the invitation.
0: So I want to explore something that just happened recently here in the Illinois Valley, um, and that's the earthquake that happened just last week. What happened? What was the cause of the
1: earthquake? Well we don't know for sure what the cause was. Uh, There's a couple of possibilities. So in my geology class we talk about plate tectonics. The earth's surface is made up of these really big plates that move around and crash into each other. And usually if you're where the plates meet, that's where you find lots and lots of earthquakes. But we in the Illinois Valley are right in the middle of a plate. So we don't experience very many earthquakes because We're nowhere near where two plates are are meeting. However, some of that pressure from the outside edges of our plate can make its way into the center of the plate. And so that can cause small earthquakes. Uh, The other, another possible cause is that, um, if we go back about 12 to 15,000 years ago, there was a glacier here in Illinois. And that glacier was probably a couple thousand feet thick of ice that's melted away and when you take that weight off of your part of the plate, the plate responds by rising back up because we float on the next layer down which is called the mantle and as we rise back up that also can put a little bit of stress on our plate and that can cause little earthquakes as well.
0: That's fascinating. Uh, where was the epicenter of this earthquake
1: so it was located about a mile south of standard which is only about six miles from my house
0: interesting which makes
1: it weird because i didn't feel it
0: really i was just going to ask you that (laughs) i i did feel it i live in peru and it felt like something hit the house and I had that same experience back in 2004. Um, what have you heard from other people about their experiences?
1: So the, the people who felt it had a very similar experience to you, which is they felt like something hit their house or hit their bed. That was the description I heard from, from most people. And there is a, uh, there's a place online, uh, the US Geological Survey has a whole part of their website devoted to earthquakes. And one of the things you can do is go in there and report your experience. And they keep a record of that. It's an important part of their research. But you can also look at a map, like where did people feel the earthquake. And it's interesting because instead of it being kind of a big circle around where the epicenter was, it looks more like um, kind of a long ellipse that points towards chicago um, and there were a lot of people that felt it to the north and east which would include peru and then kind of following up through toward the chicagoland area and not so many people to the south like in peoria there weren't that many reports and if you go to the northwest or the southeast there are fewer so there's almost like a little oblong pattern to the where people felt the earthquake
0: that's interesting how frequently does this happen, in our area especially?
1: Yeah, in our area, there's we feel an earthquake about every 5 to 10 years. So the last one that a lot of people remember was in 2004, so that's like 20 years ago. But there have been a few that people in our area have felt that we were either had an epicenter in our area or close enough that some of the people that live here felt it so about every five to ten years is when people around here feel an earthquake
0: and and why is it like less frequent here in our area versus some other states
1: yeah that comes back to that whole plate tectonics thing so if we look at a map of where most of the earthquakes are uh, they're usually near the edge of a plate boundary so a lot of people think california but also To somewhat lesser extent, Oregon and Washington State, that's where we see lots of earthquakes. Um, And then in in the rest of the western U.S., they have some because, again, they're closer to that plate boundary. Uh, But once you get into the middle part of our country, you tend not to feel as many.
0: How did they know so quickly that it happened? You know, I remember back in 2004, you know, we're panicking trying to call to find out what's happening. And now we have social media it's more robust so you can find out things more often but how did they know that quickly that this so, happened
1: the u.s geological survey has is part of a seismic network not just around the united states but around the globe and that network really was was built and put into place in the 1950s when they were monitoring for people testing nuclear bombs mm. uh, but the benefit to Um, geologists is that we can see where all these earthquakes are and so the earthquake waves get to those seismic stations and using the earthquake waves how long it takes them to arrive and how big they are they can tell where the earthquake was and they can assign it a magnitude and that happens I believe it's automated at least partly and so within a few minutes of an earthquake occurring they have a little website for that earthquake on their bigger website. So um, in 2004, that one did wake me up and I knew it was an earthquake. I got on the computer and it already said where the earthquake was and how big it was. Um, And in this case, uh, I didn't feel it, but when I got to work on Wednesday morning as I was walking in from the parking lot, somebody said, hey, did you feel the earthquake? And I didn't, but I went straight into my classroom, opened up the computer, And found all kinds of information already there so so they're able to do that very very quickly um, when it occurs and then as time goes by they collect more information they might adjust some of what's reported on the site but but that's how it works
0: so when you're talking about the magnitude of an earthquake can you give us an idea of like what a typical um, a low magnitude or a high magnitude and where where this earthquake was in that spectrum.
1: Yeah, so the magnitude scale, when you get to about a four, that's usually when people can feel it. So a 3.6 is getting a little into most people won't feel that if it's below four. Um, In our area, because of the layers of rock and sediment that we have underneath us, which are pretty uniform, they don't have a lot of breaks in them, the seismic waves can just travel a little bit more efficiently, and so more people tend to feel it. Um, I think a 3.6 out in California, most people wouldn't have noticed it because the rocks underneath them are more broken up, so the seismic waves keep hitting faults and folds and other types of rocks, and so that just makes it more difficult for the seismic waves to go very far. So I can't remember the whole question, but... What,
0: what about the like, the highest oh, magnitude... The highest yeah.
1: magnitude so there really technically is no top to the magnitude, but the highest magnitude earthquakes that we've recorded are usually in the, in the range of eight. Um, and that's probably because the rocks can't store enough energy to generate an earthquake that's much bigger than that. Once you have all that energy stored in the rocks, they're going to break. And so you can get the occasional really large earthquake. Those really large earthquakes with a magnitude of eight or larger on the planet there's only usually one or two of those a year if that and then you get into the smaller ones like the sevens and the sixes which can cause some damage and alert a lot of people a lot of folks feel them um, and they're much more frequent so as you kind of go down the scale you get more and more earthquakes occurring
0: and some of the earthquakes, for example, in California, they have aftershocks after, so they're smaller. Is there smaller well, all earthquakes? the earthquakes
1: have aftershocks. So even the, that little 3.6 yeah. that we had would have some aftershocks, but they would be even smaller. Yes. So they're not okay. going to be felt. In 2004, that earthquake had a 4.2, and there was actually a team of seismologists, which are people who study earthquakes, they came up from the University of Memphis, they have a contract with the U.S. Geological Survey to study earthquakes in the middle of the continent. So they came up, they installed six seismometers temporarily um, around the area that that earthquake originally occurred and they were able to detect the aftershocks and learn a little bit more about what caused that earthquake. But the standard one was, I think too small even for them to do that but if they had they would have come up they would have put out some little temporary seismic stations they probably would have detected some small aftershocks
0: now you mentioned that you're a professor here at the college Um, which course would a student take if they wanted to learn more about these natural disasters such as um, earthquakes tornadoes right so we've
1: got three courses that fit that bill so there's a Geology 1005, which is a completely online course that looks at natural disasters. So we focus on a different disaster every week. There's a course that I teach in the fall called Environmental Geology. And we do talk about certain natural hazards there, including earthquakes. So on um, the day after the earthquake on Thursday, um, in class, we spent the first maybe 10 or 15 minutes talking about the earthquake. i think i mentioned earlier there's this little form that people can report the earthquake on so just as a class i picked one student who hadn't completed the form yet and he described his experience to us and we were able to fill out the form and that form assigns you what we call an intensity so the magnitude that's that number everybody hears the 3.6 in this case the intensity They use a Roman numeral, and it's based on your description of what your experience is. And they map those experiences out, and that gives them some more information. So we talked about that in class, completed the form, and kind of looked at what Roman numeral was assigned to that student's experience, talked about what that meant. And then my physical geology class, we talked more about the kind of the physical nature of the earth, plate tectonics, so that fit nicely into that class as well because we had just finished talking about what causes faults and earthquakes and we're beginning to talk about plate tectonics so that was a nice um, thing to discuss in that class as well
0: that's great do you have anything else you want to share about the earthquake that happened
1: it's just a reminder that this is a very dynamic planet so one of the things that makes taking a geology class really any geology class fun Is that you can learn more about our planet and how it works and in some classes we also go beyond that into like how should we react to that how should we treat the planet in order to take care of it so
0: yeah well I appreciate you being on the podcast today it was very fascinating
1: well thanks for the invitation
0: you're welcome hope to have you on again
1: okay well in the spring we have flood season so that's another topic
0: (laughs) that sounds great Check out IVCC SoundCloud channel for additional podcasts and if you have any topic suggestions, feel free to reach out or send me an email. Thank you.